Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Welcome. Glad you're with us. I'm Jason McKnight. I'm here with Ben Hendricks. Ben, how are you today? I'm doing well. Hey, everybody. We're going to talk uh, hunger today. I am hungry. We're, we're filming this after lunch, and I'm still hungry. Are we allowed to make jokes? Uh, I think so, yeah. I wouldn't feel at home if you did. <laughs> no, well, there's Rick. So, so already we're drawing Rick in because here's the reason. Rick Kearney is a great friend. In fact, you and I, we've known each other almost 20 years. It has been. We came about the same time back to Kinston. I think you beat me because yes. in my mind, you were already ensconced. I didn't realize you were only here a week and a half longer okay. than me. <laughs> I just settled in early and quickly. But settled in early. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, so what is coming up on November 6th? is that Grace Fellowship Church is partnering with Rise Against Hunger, and we're going to hear more about that too, um, together with about 100 of our closest friends, pack 10,000 meals to try and take a bite out of global hunger. Ah, And this is going to be a little fun. Do you think I should be part of your marketing team? I think you could. (laughs) I don't. I really don't. But this is going to be an amazing undertaking because here we have all Grace's people bringing their casseroles and cooked hams. No, I'm kidding. We're not doing that. (laughs) We're not packing that. We're not packing that. But Rise Against Hunger, which is where Rick works, uh, you do this great thing where you help people like us, without our casseroles and hams, you help people like us um, be part of of God's heart to feed the hungry. So what we'd like to do today is help all of us listening learn a little more about what is the state of global hunger. And it's more than what your teenager thinks it is, you know. And then Mm. how can one person, one family, one church, one community have a hand in following God into that? So, Rick, thank you for joining us today. Um, First of all, formally, let me introduce you. Rick Kearney, Rick and Susan, you've been at Grace for several years. Um, Seven, eight, nine years? I don't know. It seems like a lot of years. But good years, all of them. (laughs) (laughs) But you serve as the interim CEO of an organization called Rise Against Hunger. And I love that name. It's on your shirt. I like this. Yes, you're representing well. What is Rise Against Hunger? How did it start? And where are you working around the world? Start talking. All right. Um, Rise Against Hunger started 25 years ago. We were founded in 1998 by Ray Buchanan, who was a United Methodist minister. Um, he said he felt called by the Lord to feed the world's hungry. He was on a trip to Africa, and he came home, and he said, I just could not do anything. Um, so he started, at that time, Stop Hunger Now. That's right. That's what right. it used to be called. Yep, we did. And we had to change our name uh, seven years ago just due to some legal issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and we came Rise Against Hunger. Um, <clears throat> we currently are, work across the U.S., mm. Um, we are a 501c3 private nonprofit, and we can talk a little bit more about what that means perhaps mm-hmm, later. Mm-hmm. Um, but we operate across the country. We have um, 19 locations. We have 14 warehouses, about 100 employees. Um, so we do quite a bit wow. <laughs> with not that many people. You know, yeah. we, uh, we seek to serve literally millions a mm-hmm. year, um, and we try to do that. You say, how do you do that with 100 people, Rick? Well, we don't. We do it with 100 <laughs> people right. helping hundreds of thousands of like you mm-hmm. to come out like we're going to do on November 6th. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to know. I mean, this isn't some mom and pop organization that is just like making its way. Like 
this is like rising is hunger is the real deal. And like, it's just such an incredible thing. Cause I mean, just this, and they'd like you to lead such an organization, Rick. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing right? that I could lead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this no. is a nice, no, but I mean, I just remember talking like yeah. uh, the other day, just mm. you had down t- to the one, like the number of people, I think, or number of meals that you guys sent out last year. What was that number? We, when we, what we were talking about is um, everyone's important. Yeah. Like there is no um, round numbers. When you're talking about the number of people that we serve, um, our chief impact officer, Edno Gwangi, who is from Kenya, who was mm-hmm. formerly one of the recipients of um, school feeding programs. She grew up receiving meals in her school, not from Rise Against Hunger, but from a similar organization. Right. And now she has taken leadership in an organization that's able to give back, even to her own, her own country, what she did. Oh. But <clears throat> she and I have always talked about, we're not gonna say about three million or about two million. It's an exact number, because when you round, you depersonalize, every one of those numbers represents a person mm-hmm. and a name and someone's mother, father, child, son. Mm-hmm husband, wife. Um, So it's very important to us when we report our impact that it is not round numbers. Now, sometimes in conversation, we'll say we impacted 2.3 million people last year, but we have the real number. And I think it was 2.317,021, I think. In that range. Roughly. 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 0.7. No, I like that, though. I like that. We're not going to round off because that depersonalizes what we're doing. And even for us to think each person. I like Mm -hmm. that. Right. Mm -hmm. And just like each person that we serve is important, each person that steps forth to do so is equally as important, Mm -hmm. which is something we're going to talk more about and how we can help. But but we also have... a, a staff and presence internationally. Yeah. Um, we have six confederation members. They bear the name Rise Against Hunger. Um, they're in India, Italy, South Africa, Malaysia, the Philippines, and Singapore. Huh. They're private nonprofits chartered in their own country, but we help start them. And so they bear our name. We work together. We collaborate. We work with global accounts, and we share the experiences um, for those donors. So mm-hmm. w- the reach is not even just in the U.S. We reach all the way across the world. I have, we have six staff in Australia. Tomorrow we'll be packaging meals with an international partner across Australia. So it's pretty exciting to sit back sometime at my desk in Kinston yeah. and, and just kind of sometimes even myself and all of all that I get to be a part of. I mean, really? Yeah. That's what, amazing. What, where in Australia? My um, sister lives there, you know. They're in... Four different provinces. Uh-huh. We're in um, Perth, Sydney, Melbourne. Not Toowoomba? Not Toowoomba. No, no. no. I, I mean, not in yeah, Toowoomba. So. Oh. Two in Sydney. My yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she'll hear about it. Tell her she's in Australia, though. If she'll go to Zombrero. 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 Because every burrito, bowl, or bottle of water that Zombrero sells, they donate a meal. Oh. To rise against hunger. Oh, I love that. And and their Zimbrero is like the well, I can't say this like the Taco Bell, but it's yeah. a high it's high end, um, fresh market ingredients of Mexican food in Australia. So tell your sister she can support us too. Oh, I love it. Well, yeah. she will in Toowoomba. Wow. Yeah, in we'll Toowoomba. get her there. That's by the way, that's outside of Brisbane, up up so, near the Gold Coast. So she's up in Queensland. Yep. Okay. Um, so you all are working Italy, India, Philippines, Malaysia, mm-hmm. Indonesia, and South Africa, correct? As well as the United States, correct? 
And then who are these um, orphans in Australia? What are they doing? <clears throat> well, the meals are being packaged in Australia. They'll be shipped to... Um, to one of your yes, Confederate Philippines partners. Philippines or yeah. Vietnam I for distribution. Gotcha. Yes. <clears throat> Those kind of the countries, the International Confederation, are where we um, work with donors and package meals. Now, in yeah. South Africa, the Philippines and India, all the food that they package and all the resources they gather are distributed in their own country. Wow. Yeah, but Italy, Malaysia, the U.S., and Singapore, um, ours are all exported to primarily Africa, Latin America, Caribbean, and Southeast Asia. So Italy's exporting to Hungary yes. in, in Africa. Africa. All of the meals Malaysian people are packing meals to export. Correct. Right, so we're not sending to Malaysia to the hungry there no. because maybe there aren't any. There's some, sort of aboriginal, yeah, yeah. there's some aboriginal tribes in the Sarawato Islands that are served, mm -hmm. but the majority of the meals in Malaysia, because it is a you know, yeah. country, mm -hmm. are shipped out to Thailand, Cambodia. I spent a great week yes. in Malaysia once, Did and you? I didn't see anyone hungry. No, you don't. No, but they're helping they're others. Yeah, yeah. They are helping no, them. it's true, though. And just yeah. like, see, I might oh. just be way off base here, because but it's interesting. Like, several of those countries I think of, I'm like, oh, that that's where we must be sending the food to. Like, I saw Malaysia on the website. I'm going, no. oh, that's a like, so, but no. That's where we operate. Okay. That's where Rise Against Hunger has oh. operations. Either, again, the, the affiliates or the confederation members, they manage themselves, but we collaborate on our program delivery. We collaborate on the fundraising and the donor nurture. We work together very closely. Okay. Yeah. And I love this. And it's not that the American Rise Against Hunger controls no. the Italy or Indonesia or Philippines. I love that. We're all partners. We're six members yep. all working together. Yeah. Um, like World Vision. Yeah. Like uh, International Needs, where, you know, I, I went to Romania all those years with International Needs. Um, things like this. And I love this. I love where where America says, oh, we'll come alongside you and Absolutely. serve and enable, we're not coming to dictate right. and control. No. And I, I, think that's, I think that's why, actually, so let's go off Rise Against Hunger for a second. Right. I think that's why for the last 60 years since World War II, um, the, the American footprint around the world at the ground level, not talking foreign policy, mm -hmm. I'm talking people like you, helping people. That's why people have such a great taste in their mouth about, oh, the influence of a freedom-loving place like America with opportunity because also rise against hunger springs up. Right. And then it spurs that there and they help and they don't try to control. Correct. You know. Okay, enough of the... <laughs> but I think that's fascinating. I, I think... Yeah. And I, I think really like in an age where everyone's saying, oh, everything Western is bad or everything American is bad. No, no, no. Yeah. I think there's such a beautiful part that we, we don't know the whole story. And Man, we blundered stuff in foreign policy at some points. Sure, but that's not what we're talking about. This isn't the government. This is people. Right. I love it. Rick, how long have you been doing this? Um, I've been with Rise Against Hunger 15 years. So I started in... I thought it was like a year and a half ago. No, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, no, not no, like that. But. October 1st, 2007. Wow. Um, I started, and when I started, we had eight employees and one location in Raleigh. Wow. Hmm. Our office was in Fairmont United Methodist Church on Clark Avenue. We were in the Sunday school rooms. We used to laugh. We'd have a staff meeting, and we'd call first on the beanbag chairs because we met in the youth room. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we grew from there. Yeah, Ben's the most talking. powerful stuff apparently always happens on beanbag <laughs> chairs. Beanbag chairs. So we started. Um, you know, when I came in, we were really very, very small, and I've been able. It's really been a blessing to watch grow from one place and eight people mm. to now again you know across the u.s across the world 
hundreds. And the first so even, year... Even then, they didn't have the Confederate partners no, in the country. No. Wow. So the, 2007, with eight people in one in room Raleigh. in Raleigh. Working out of Raleigh, and I was in Kinston. Everyone's in Raleigh, and I was in Kinston. Wow. Or, yeah. And, um, and we've started from there. And what did you do back then in 07? Back then, um, I was a program manager, and I was out to recruit churches to partic- participate in the meal packaging program. Because that, mm. um, in 2007, that was almost all we did. We did a little other relief, but it was mostly the, um, the feeding programs for the school mm. feedings, the clinic feedings. And we've progressed way beyond that now. But at the time, that was our core. That was just about all we did. And we shipped about a million meals the first year. Um, mm. This year, we'll ship 33 million. In 2019, pre-COVID, we shipped 59 million. So we're, we're, we had a little dip in COVID, but we wow. are now, we're starting to see, you know, a steady progression back to some of the pre-COVID levels of support. The good news, well, go ahead. You have a no, question. I'm question just, coming. no, I'm just trying to get yeah. 59 million meals yeah. shipped, shipped from in the US, 2019. Just from the U.S. Just from the U.S., not including not Italy including and Indonesia. Members, so right. and, and so just in a couple of years, it's not the need of meals dipping. Is that just the ability to get them out and well, to get them packaged? Well, COVID, we yeah. couldn't yeah. package and gather. yeah. Yeah. Um, in 2020, it's hard to do that six feet apart. <laughs> we we figured it out and we started doing it <laughs> toward the end of 2020. But you have to have people willing to gather. Yeah, and we're just seeing that right. come back this year. Yeah, um, particularly you know, yeah. the churches came back quickly because yep, um, as a pastor told me, we're prayed up. We're not worried about the virus. Right? That's right. Um, <laughs> Until he, he gets it. Yeah, until he gets it. But the corporations are yeah. just now starting to trickle back, and, and their activity is starting to swell. So we're really seeing a, a big return to meals. And we expect next year, hopefully, to package around $40 million. Oh, See, that's important because I, I often just think of partnership with churches. But it's not just partnership with churches, is it? No, it's not. Churches, um, through the pandemic and until this year, were about 80% of our meal packaging. Okay. Um, Pre-COVID and more of a normal is about 50-50. About 50% of our support comes from churches and about 50% comes from other, mostly corporate businesses, a little civic, a little educational, but mostly corporate and church, faith communities. So a company listening to this right now can say, hey, we'll have Rise Against Hunger come in, we'll bring 50 of our staff and we'll package 5,000 meals. Yes, you can. And can do it any scale. I'm flying to Chicago in the morning um, and Kraft Heinz, who is yeah. the largest donor, so buy Kraft yeah, Heinz ketchup, right? right? Wow. Um, they donate all of the vitamin micronutrients for all of our meals around the world. Wow. So it's a really, a really a, a tremendous partnership. But yeah, they, they do it. We just finished large um, events we, with Pfizer, with um, ServiceNow, which is a technology company, with Amazon World Services. So yeah. we work with yeah. major global corporations, and because we have the international members, to work with us, we can serve the global need of that company, which not many nonprofits can do. Right. So there, right. The, the employees of um, Pfizer in India and the Philippines can have the same experience as the ones in the United States. Hmm. So it's a real advantage. I mean, this is amazing. Yeah. And then we can do a small, we can do it for, you know, a little business down the street. We can yeah. do it. Like, a, like a Kinston scale yes, business. you can. You can do it for any scale. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever do schools? High schools? We do. Yeah. Um, I love doing schools um, because the kids don't complicate what well, you're doing. No, they don't complicate much. No, what I'm saying. <laughs> and a good example um, 
here in Kinston, when I first started, one of the first big things I got to do was with Parrot Academy. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine, Mitzi Moy, uh, was mm-hmm. the, she did the service hours. So she came, called me out there in Pollock, and we did it for several years. And we would do it in the gym, and all the kids would rotate through sure. in cycles. From, sure. from pre, uh, transition right up to high school. And one little third grade boy one day, when I say kids don't complicate it, I was telling him what we're going to do. And he goes, okay, wait just a minute. So what you do is you put the food where the hungry people are. And I said, exactly. Amen. Amen. That's what Amen. we do. Now, a little more goes into it, but that's exactly it. And another kid said, brought in $300 to support. And his teacher called his mom and said, do you know that he brought in all this money? She said, yeah, he mugged lots of yards to get that wow. money. And the, his mom said, you sure you want to give it all? He said, well, sure, because I can mow more yards, but these kids may never get another chance to eat. So if we well, listen to those two kids, yeah. we can make a lot of progress. Yeah, they don't complicate They do not. Very that's, point. They, don't, they keep it simple. How did you hear about Rise Against Hunger, Stop Hunger Now back in the day? How did you hear about it? Why did you jump in? I was working somewhere else, and I was thinking I needed to change. Mm -hmm. Um, And I looked online at the Goldsboro News Argus want ads, employment ads. Yeah, really? And there was just, yeah, who does that? And there was this little ad in there, and it said, um, nonprofit in Raleigh hiring for Eastern North Carolina. And their qualifications were... Um, comfortable speaking to large groups, experience with inventory controls, finance, budgeting, human resources, like this whole long list. And I thought, I've done all that. Right. And my wife says, no one else has. Right. Because right. I, previously, I was in banking, teaching, ministry. Mm. And so when I read it, it almost, I thought, I always wonder why I did so many different things. And right. then I decided it's because when I read this ad, the Lord said, I'm going to collide all of your experience. Mm. Collide is probably the better word than merge because sometimes they, they seem to conflict. <laughs> they do. But all of those prior experiences came together Wow. stopped rising its hunger. Yep. So I called and they said, can you come today and talk? This is on Friday afternoon. I went on Monday and they hired me on the spot. Really? And I started two weeks later. Isn't that amazing? And I've loved it. And you started as mm-hmm. a program manager for Eastern North Carolina. Yes. Yeah. And then how do you go from that to being interim CEO? Well, in 15 years, 15 years, um, I did uh, ran the program for Eastern North Carolina for several years. And then from there was a regional director managing mm-hmm. the eastern part of the United States and then to managing the entire U.S. Um, of the volunteer engagement, which is the meal packaging. Yep. yep. Um, and then from there into the COO role. Right. For a couple years, and then when our CEO left in August, they the board asked me to assume those responsibilities as well. So, it was a it was a growth, a fifteen year growth, um, being able to learn and know all the components of what we do, um, and just different ways to serve. Love Um, it. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say. Well, what's the best part about serving there right now? Not fifteen years ago. Yeah. Today. Um, It's just the the scope of what we're able to do. Um, because the meal packaging is the most visible, and it's the most exciting, hands down, because mm-hmm. we engage hundreds of thousands of people a year um, in the meal packaging across all different demographics, market segments, any way you want to break it down. Um, but we also, uh, four or five years ago, started, we call it empowering communities, hmm. um, which is just that. 
going into communities and assessing with the local leadership, local nonprofits on the ground, what the needs are, um, and then seeking to find the resources to match up with that need. Um, many times it's agricultural. And so we're able to develop agricultural plans for that community based upon what they can grow, the growing seasons, the, aer the aeration, the, the amount of rainfall, right. um, and work with them in ways that they can do with their with the resource, I mean, we don't bring in equipment and experts and then leave. We go in and say, "This is how we can do it in a water in a drought-ridden area, mm -hmm. and how to bring water to." It. So we help them increase their opportunity to support themselves. Uh, many of the agricultural pro um, programs are adjacent to the feeding program. So we may have a school feeding program in an area, and then we'll start a school garden accompaniment so that. It's one can slowly transition. And in, um, in Zimbabwe, we have programs where the gardening in the community agriculture has now grown to a scale that they no longer need the meals that we provided. Wow. So it went cool. from 100% feeding supplied to 100% um, freshly grown produce mm -hmm. and eggs and chicken that they can feed the schools themselves. So that's the goal is that you go in and in a three to five year period, you can go from complete dependence to complete sustainability. Um, so that's exciting. And then we also, our emergency response, we responded um, throughout the Ukraine crisis. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with the Philippines, it's the ring of fire as earthquakes, typhoons constantly, mm -hmm. um, South America with the flood. So the most exciting- And I was just listening last night on the way home uh, driving, but Somalia, we're, we're, yes. back in a, we're back in a famine in Somalia. There, there's been so, such drought there. I mean, it just is like, man, you can't, every, there's always a new pocket of a right. place where if the rain doesn't come, right. there will be a drought on these margin, marginal places. I mean, because, places where yes, they're living on the margin. It is. And we just sent about, I think it was six or eight containers of food to Somalia. Uh, um, and so we have an on the ground. So you're partner. ahead of the BBC. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe we're in the footnote of the BBC. Um, <laughs> But that's the most exciting is just to think about really sort of the scope and scale. Because when I started 15 years ago, um, you know, you were really excited about 10,000 meals. And I still am because yeah, I've yeah. seen the fact that— And you 10, count down to the one. Yes, because 10,000 meals can feed 47 school kids a school lunch every day for a school year. Mm -hmm. So that's what it means. Wow. It's not just 10,000 meals. Mm -hmm. right. It's 47 kids go to school and eat every day they go to school, mm -hmm. which means they will go to school. Right. Um, so that's the most exciting is just to see the growth and the depth because the meals and the food, you know, you want to nourish that life. But from the nourishment, then you want to get to a resilience and then an empowerment and then a sustainability and an independence. You just want to go down that continuum. Um, and that's what's exciting is you see. And now we have people we've seen that whole continuum play out. Right. And now it's cascading and they're starting it in their community. And now. It's multiplied because now they're sharing what they know with others, and it just continues to carry on. Remember the old shampoo commercial? Right. They'll tell two friends, and then they'll so on and so on and so uh, on, and yeah. the screen kept getting bigger. Yeah. Anyway. Vaguely. Yeah. You're not old enough. I <laughs> well, I do not. remember. I just don't know what it's for. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Gonna ask me next but anyway, but it, um, it just shows that you don't yeah. have to go do it all. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you just do it and mm -hmm. share it and then enable, mm -hmm. it just compounds and cascades itself. Mm. I love one of the things, I mean, you just mentioned is like, you guys don't just feed people. No. Like it's not just, a, I mean, as important as it is, right? because it is an essential thing, but that food is often a gateway into something so much more. 
I mean, I, just on your website alone, talking about how there's there's feeding people, but also then there's schooling, which you just right. mentioned, and then all of like economic stuff. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, because yeah, the, the hunger is definitely there's 828 million people now suffering for hunger. 2.8 wow. billion are food insecure. I Meaning they don't have no idea. So so define those for us. 828 <laughs> suffering from hun- hunger. hunger versus food insecure. Yeah. 2.8 billion. Yeah. So what is what is someone suffering from hunger? It means they are not receiving enough food to reach their caloric intake and nutritional needs for that day. That day. Okay. Right. And so there's 828 <clears throat> million people who cannot huh. get enough food today, yes. nor tomorrow, right. nor the next day. Yes. And on and on. Then, okay. That, so an acute, more of an acute condition. An acute. And then there's 2.8 billion who are food insecure, meaning that they do not have access to a recurring diet of the proper, not just food, but food to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Right. So they may have it, but they don't always know that it's going to be accessible and available. So it's a recurring diet. Yeah. So that's a lot. So sorry to interrupt you, but it's helpful to know those differences. And then... And then keep going what you were saying there about Ben's question. Yeah. And, and hunger's sort of first. A, yeah. Sort of a simple thing is you, know, you have to save a life to change it. Right. Mm-hmm. And in many times, yeah. hunger and the complications from it do, are more than just a dis- inconvenience. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we do start. But um, most in emergency situations, you know, it's get the food out quickly. But it's a short term. You're, you're feeding people for a short period because the emergency moves on or they transition to something else. In our nourishing pro- nourishment programs, Nourishing Lives, the food is the gateway because yeah. we, our goal is to have 80% of it in schools. Because when you're in the school, the kids will attend. Because if the option, and you see it all the time, if the parents have a choice of feeding their children or keeping them to help find food or raise food, they're going to keep them home. But if they know they'll be fed, they will send them to school. So the school yep. attendance goes up. But not just the attendance, but the school performance by the children mm. is astounding. Yeah. Um, and we've seen that. And the, the largest growth and change from that is with the girls. Because mm. in many cultures, um, the females are not deemed as valuable when it comes to the need for education. Sure. So they may be Absolutely. home tending to siblings or just yeah. helping at home. So <clears throat> the education... The food is the gateway to education, to health. We use it in clinics. Um, it may be the gateway then to the progression to the agricultural sustainable programs in the community surrounding it. So there is a way. Yeah, it's a move along a pathway. We call it pathways to end hunger yeah. because it's a path. You start with one step and then you take the next and the next. And I've learned the same exact thing over the last five years working in the DR, yes. just with the school that the Lord has used us to start in these last couple of years. I mean, just talking with the pastor who runs the school and the church at the church there. I mean, he he told me it was like every single kid that goes there first started coming because they're being fed, right? Mm-hmm. And they've stayed, right? That's that's unbelievable. That's huge. I mean, more or less, like if you feed them, they will come, kind right. of thing. Yeah. And the amount of impact, the difference you can make just with a single meal, and the amount of hope. Like, there's yes. just so much to it. That's so cool. Well, and I used to tell that when I would work with kids, and so now I do it with adults, you know, there's four ingredients that go in the bag. It's a vitamin, the micronutrient and the dehydrated vegetables, a soy flour and rice. And I say, well, it just looks like grain. What you're really filling the bag with <clears throat> is love, blessing, hope, and opportunity. Mm. And you just, you know, because that's what it is. Yeah. The, the food meets the physical need, but it is so much more than that. Yeah. Because 100%. most people, they just need a glimmer of hope. 
mm. that something better is, is possible. And sometimes that comes with a plate of rice. Sometimes it comes with seeing a, a sprout in the yard, in the ground that they planted. But people just need a glimmer of hope. Mm. And what I love uh, is that th- through Rise Against Hunger, you're offering churches, you're offering people who go to churches, just in Kinston, North Carolina, wherever in the U.S., kind of wherever in the right. world, the opportunity to be able to package and give hope to some kid that you may never meet, you'll yes. probably never meet, mm-hmm. thousands of miles away. Like, this isn't just, here's my five bucks, you never know what happens with it, yes. right? Like, yes. you get to package this, you know, you're packaging hope, you're making a difference in some kid's life, and what's cool, and I didn't know this until not too long ago, is you can actually know where it's going, yes. right? Yeah. Once we package the meals when they're shipped, we'll send out a notification um, to the leader, in this case, Kent. And, you know, yeah. But also, anyone who attends and registers and signs up will get an email and say, your meals have shipped, Ben, and they're going to Haiti Outreach Ministries and Port-au-Prince, and here is the description oh. of the program and the outreach of this particular so partner. And then you can follow it, right? So, it's yeah, it's not just send it and go yeah it it, it really is the beginning the, the meal mm-hmm. packaging is sort of a celebration moment <clears throat> but it can really be the beginning of the journey of following what you've been able to be a part of mm-hmm. so, so the meal packaging tell us what that looks like as as people are going to come here yeah. or maybe they've already come because maybe they're listening to this three weeks later i mean right, we're gonna right. we're gonna drop it before the the right. 6th of november but what happens that night do um, i get to wear a hairnet you do get to wear a hairnet. <laughs> you do. And once you go hairnet, you're just there, right? It's just um, there, baby. And it, it's the great equalizer. It is. It's, great it's a great equalizer. Equalizer. Um, no, no so are roller skates. <laughs> yes, right. Um, everyone looks equally as foolish. Um, There's no prideful way to wear a hairnet, there is there? Not. Yeah. There is not. Um, but it's, it's organized chaos. Yeah, I love it. It's very exciting. Um, for example, here we'll have about 120 people in the gathering hall. Um, we'll have tables. It's very organized. It's organized chaos. The yeah, chaos like is it. on purpose. We want energy. We want enthusiasm. We want movement. We want people just dancing to the music. And but it's very organized. It's an assembly line. So it's only apparent chaos. It's yes. really not. It's chaos. not. It just feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it just flows across the room. Mm. You know, you've got one side of the room. You are measuring and pouring down the funnel into the bags, and then someone weighs mm. it. Someone seals it, someone boxes it, and we go out the door to the pallet and put it on the truck. Wow. So it's, it is quite simple. Everybody has one thing to do. You may scoop rice. Mm-hmm. You may weigh the bag. You may um, move the bag to, from one table to the other. And I say, we only give you one thing to do so you don't have to think about it. Right. Because you really just want to be able to absorb and yeah. be a part of what you're doing. And it's kind of loud, but I tell folks, it's not, it, it is noise, but it's good noise. Mm-hmm. Because it's laughter, and it's giggles, and it's people talking and yeah. with who they're around. And it, to me, it's, a, it's like the audible version of the joy that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you're happy, it's because something's happening to you. When you're joyful, it's because something happens in you. And you can just feel it coming out. Oh, and great. people are just, they just yeah. light up. Yeah. And the whole room, I get chills right here. Yeah. Just thinking about it. But the whole room, and it's just, you just look around sometimes, you stand back, and you just go, this is fabulous. This is wonderful. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's what draws people to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very immediate, tangible way to say, I just did that. It's kind of like when we mow our grass, we look back and say, I just finished that. I love that. Yep. They can say, we just did that. Yeah. That, 
Empty pallets. Now they're full. Now there's 47 boxes of food mm-hmm. bound for children somewhere, mm-hmm. and we'll know where. Yeah, and we'll know where by the end. And it's life-changing. Yeah. Right? It's just life-changing. So um, most people say that it's, you know, they, I've never had anyone leave and go, I don't ever want to do this again. Huh. People always leave, right, what's next? And that's the goal is to say, right. what are you going to do now? Yeah, that's right. What do you do next? Yep. Right. And it's that old blessed to be a blessing. Yes. Like God has blessed us that we might be a blessing right from Abraham onward. I yep. mean, that's the whole deal. Uh-huh. Well, I, I'm just processing along with you. I mean, yeah. for just the average person, like maybe in North Carolina, like the, you made the, like the problem's clear. 828 million people who are not going to have enough nutrition or be able to meet their caloric needs. Right. 2.8 billion people who are food insecure. Like the problem's real. It's there. It's clear. Yeah, right in front of but me. so is the hope and the ability mm-hmm. to be able to reach yes, that and is. be able to solve that. I mean, with alongside partnering with Rise Against Hunger. So my question is, so there's me. Uh, I see the problem. Uh, I see the hope. I get excited about it. Like, what What do I do? What, what do you do, do about what, it? Yeah, what do we get to do right. about it? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I, love, I, I always come up with people that work say I, I love you know alliteration and I love all these things but it helps me remember uh-huh. this is not alliteration um, it actually is the heart the head and the hands mm. you know you need to engage yourself in one of those ways mm. and if you can engage yourself in all of those ways for the same thing then you're all in yeah and so you know the the numbers and when you think about people and children going hungry you know, that makes your heart, you know, kind of, you skip a beat and you go, oh, I, I've got to do something. Um, but then you need to follow up on that with your head and say, what am I going to do? What is a tangible thing? What can I make, decision can I make to get involved? What will make a difference? Yes. Like, and what's a good way? Because there's thinking. a lot of bad ways to mm-hmm. help. But you think through and you process it. Um, and then you get your hands on it, right? Yeah. And you go do. So I would say anybody, and you think, I can't affect 80, 120, 828 million people. But you can affect one or five or ten yeah. or a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just making the decision, conscious decision, to get out. And with us, it can be gather a group of people and have a meal packaging event. We've done them at weddings, receptions. Uh-huh. You know, we've done them for wow. birthday parties. You know, we've oh, done I them it. with a thousand people. You know, at a corporate convention. So it can be done. That's one way. You know, just get together and package meals because we we see the impact of that. It can be with with a skill. You know, we have a lot of farming programs across the country. Um, you have an expertise in that that could be applied to the, the agriculture programs we're doing in South Sudan or, you know, in Ethiopia or wherever we are. So you could lend your expertise. Um, it could just simply be, you know, with support. It could be financial mm-hmm. um, because everyone can't go. Mm-hmm. Everyone can't do, but someone may be able to participate. Um, when I, I worked in Appalachia for a few years um, and served there for two years as a, a local missionary. Um, and when I left the church that I was serving in Goldsboro, when I got up there, I got a letter one day from Miss Connie, and I opened the card, and there was $10. And she said, I just wanted to know. She said, I could never go do what you're doing, but I hope this helps you do it. And she left a note. She said when she was a child, her grandfather had a farm and had a little house on the hill. And he would let missionaries come in on on respite to stay there. And she said, I would love to go sit at their feet and listen to their stories. Hmm. She said, I hope this allows you to one day have someone at your feet to tell your stories to. So sometimes it's financial. It doesn't have to be a whole lot. Mm -hmm. It could just be $10 a month. 
Right. Mm-hmm. But it, it can be a whole lot. It like can we, be a whole lot. We would love yes. $10,000 a month from yes, someone listening. Would. I mean, we, we love that. Yes, we would. I'm always um, about raising my funds. Yeah, we are. So, yeah, but the point is, it, it can be. It can be. Wonderful but it, it doesn't is, have to be. But it doesn't have to be. Don't be deterred and say, well, I don't yeah. have millions. I don't have hours. I don't yeah. have physical ability. Mm-hmm. There is some way that you can do it. And I'm going to be honest, it doesn't have to be with Rise Against Hunger. Because we sure. also challenge folks. It's a global problem. There's a global solution. It's right. Here. You couldn't possibly feed no. all 828 million. No. Like, you can only do what God gives yes, you. Yes, exactly. And, and, and we only work internationally. We have... Yeah, what we do is, is not as applicable in the U.S. But there's still a need here. Mm-hmm. And there's still a call that we need to serve here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't ever want people to think that I'm saying you can only do it right if you do it with Rising and Hunger. That is not the case. Yeah. Um, no, you just have really to good. do something somewhere. Mm-hmm. And isn't that just, that's life. Yes. Just do something somewhere. Just right. do the next right, right thing. Exactly. That's all. That's all God wants of us. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't want us to solve everything. Which actually, I like the name Rise Against Hunger better than Stop Hunger Now. I like, I mean, I get, I get Stop Hunger Now, but I like this, Rise Against Hunger, because it's not over the top. Right. Not that Stop Against Hunger. But yeah. we're not going to stop the whole thing right. today. But let's rise against it. Right, and it's an action. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's an actionable yeah. phrase. Yeah. Um, Rick, you you have encouraged me. I know Ben. He's yeah. he's. I'm trying to keep him in his seat yeah. here, but uh, <laughs> this is just hiring? really yeah. encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> we might be. <laughs> we can't wait to um, be together on the sixth of November and with a hundred of our closest friends. And if you think about it, ten thousand meals, a hundred people. That means every person there is helping one hundred people eat a meal. And, and that's a great investment. It really is. And one thing is sort of very tangible, but all at the same time, when we close the boxes, the next hand to touch that box, once it's on the pallet, will be the person taking it off to feed. To feed. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of times we'll tell the kids that they're, they're laying hands, so they'll pray over every box mm-hmm. when they put that on the box, put it in the, on the pallet. It. You know, that's a chance to really to pray for the people receiving it um, that it's coming from. And that's where it's more than rice and soy. Yeah, right. That's the power. Right. What, what are the four? Going. Blessing, love, hope, and opportunity. Opportunity. I love right. that. That's the ingredients. Blessing, love, hope, and opportunity. Right. I was reading this morning in my quiet time in the book of Proverbs. And, you know, the Lord, uh, it just says, He who gives to the poor lends to their maker or lends mm. to the Lord, whichever one that is. But I just love that. I mean, mm. the Lord loves everyone, but there's a way in which he's near to those who can't help themselves, who are yes. poor, poor in spirit also. But um, when we do something like this, we are lending to the Lord. Now that's just that's yeah. that's strong. Well, and one of my, my favorite is Isaiah 58, 10, mm-hmm. where it says, if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will shine in the darkness and your night will become as noonday. Mm-hmm. Would you spend yourself it's not just a dollar. It's yeah, not. It's, it's like you're yourself. putting yourself, mm-hmm. everything you've got into it. Mm-hmm. Rick, um, thank you so much oh, yeah, for coming great. by. Ben, do you have one final one that you want to hit him with? Or <laughs> <laughs> come on, you haven't no. even made him sweat yet. Not, well, I'm getting close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I turned the air off. Yeah. No, I, it's just more of a comment. I I just always find it so encouraging uh, when in something like this, when it's and 
the application, like, because the problem, like we were saying, is real. Mm-hmm. But there's a hope there of yes. that that actually makes that hope applicable to people, just wherever they are. I mean, because we've all, a lot of us have grown up in churches. We've heard these issues. We spend a lot of time hearing about this this big problem. But I mean, most of us will never make a dent in that. Like, an organization can't make that big of a dent in it. Not with a hundred people. Yeah. So, but we can with a 400,000 exactly uh, yeah and that right. and I think that's the amazing thing yeah. is like this is a problem that Jesus called us to take seriously and we thank you for your leadership to help yeah, us man. take it seriously I love doing it I feel like we should rise for the benediction yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but Rick thank you so much sure. for chatting with Ben and me and for helping all of us in the listening community of Encounter Grace tackle this and, and yeah. think about this and, and process I know you're busy. Uh, you you were just on the phone with the, the board chair and vice chair. You've got right. board meetings at the end of the week. You're going to Chicago right. tomorrow. Right. But you gave us time today. Nothing so, more important today than be right here at 2 o'clock. Well, there we go. So thank you so much. And when you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this, send it to someone. Send it to a friend. Get Rise Against Hunger in your church, in your school, in your uh, business or community or organization. What a great thing. You can join us here at Grace on November 6th, but you can also get them at your place. Thanks so much for joining us again, Rick. Thank you. You're welcome. Ben, as always, great to be with you. And we'll see everyone next time. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.